TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So Britney Spears' book um, is about to come out, and um, we found out, because everybody's wondered about this, is she going to record the audio version of the book? And the answer is yes, with an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. She did record, we don't know how much of it she recorded, but she did record, I, it would, seems like it's gonna be the, the majority of the book, but there are parts that she just couldn't do. Um, that she emotionally emotionally could not uh, get in the booth and record th those uh, sections of the book because, quite frankly, they were dealing with some things that were very traumatic for her. And we knew that she had actually gone through some of this, uh, relived some of this trauma just in the writing of the book. Well, we can, be, spe we, we can be specific. It's about her family. She did not want to record the parts about her family. So there is a famous person, a celebrity, <laughs> who is going to be uh, recording uh, the portions that she couldn't. But I think we need to get into a little bit, before we get into the celebrity and all, why she couldn't do this emotionally. What I find puzzling about this is Britney Spears has been on a mission for two years now. It's been two years, actually. Yep to talk about what her family, she says, did to her. She talked about it in, in court, court, and then she's talked about it over and over on social Instagram, media. Yeah. yeah, and so she has been never been shy about talking about it, and as a matter of fact, or writing about it, certainly, and even talking about it in court, but when it comes to doing this audio for some reason, and it makes you wonder, what's in what's this book? I was gonna say, well, I think that points to what is gonna be in the book, and that there will be some new wrinkles, at least on her take on what her family, what she says her family did to her. Yeah, and we're also being told that, so Britney will do, you know, the parts that aren't too painful that she can muster uh, through. She will do those in her own voice. However, for the parts that were too painful to retell, there is going to be a female celebrity. And here's the thing, originally, they wanted Reese Witherspoon, which that would have been incredible. However, for whatever reason, that didn't work out. Well, they, they and Charlie, I should say, they actually started negotiating and something happened. We don't know who pulled out, but it didn't work. Right, but they did still feel like getting a female voice was key to connecting the pieces between Britney and this other, you know, the other painful chapters. So they did lock down somebody, unclear exactly who, but I think just in general, hearing Britney, her voice, her words, on the Audible version is gonna be so powerful. And online actually says that the audio version is 10 hours long. So unclear exactly how much of that Britney will be doing, but it will be very powerful. So it's all recorded, this female actress, we do not know who it is, um, but there is a female, I shouldn't even say actress, we're told a celebrity, celebrity right. who um, is going to record, who has recorded um, the portion Brittany didn't. I think you're thinking actress because they wanted Reese Witherspoon. Right. So you figure that. Uh, but, but it doesn't but necessarily mean that that's the I can, direction they went. We're, we're only going to tell you what we know. We know it is a, a female celebrity. We don't know who it is, nor do we know that it's an actress. Right. But it is a female celebrity. And the only people they interviewed to do that portion were females. They wanted a woman to yeah. do it. This is Jeffrey Memphis. I absolutely love this move from Brittany. It's a genius way of getting out of doing more work. Reading out loud sucks. It's always every, one of everyone's biggest fears in school. I just love the fact that she's figuring out a way to get out of having to sit down and read and do more. 
It wasn't well, too painful to write, but well, no, it was too no, painful. No, no, no but it was too said, painful to read. It was painful for her to write. We've heard, we, what we've been told is that was those were the hardest chapters for her to actually put together. I don't think this is just getting out of doing well, the work. Charles, there was a ghostwriter. <laughs> That's what I mean. But she's got to tell the stuff to the ghostwriter. Right. But um, look, I mean. She addresses, we should say, the one thing, we've got to move on, but um, she actually addresses, we're told, this whole thing on why she didn't record that portion at the very beginning of the audio book. So oh. we will hear. So right. there you go. We're moving on. Um, well, Taylor Swift. i got to tell you. So she, I just want, I'm sorry for interrupting, but <laughs> I knew you were going to my thing. This. Well, no, because we're doing this selfie. It's your thing. We're doing this selfie tour. We are um, going to talk about Taylor Swift. Don't. We are talking about Taylor, and the, I, I, I want to mention the tour later on, but I was driving by the Grove last night after uh -huh. we finished the Where we had the premiere for the Eras Tour movie. It looked like the president was showing up. The security was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they don't shut down this many streets when the president does come to town. Uh, but yes, as we told you, the Grove was shut down, and it was a crowning moment when uh, Taylor showed up. And uh, remember, 2,200 fans were invited to actually go in and fill the 14 cinemas uh, to watch the film, but there were s so many more than the, the invited ones who showed up outside just to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift, and she actually addressed her uh, loving fans. I, it's almost like the queen coming out to address her subject. It's exactly like the queen <laughs> doing that. This experience that I've had on this tour, and it's not a past tense experience, it's an ongoing experience, but what you're going to see that we've captured, um, it's one of, uh, it's the most fun I've ever had in my life. Yeah! I've always had fun doing this. I love getting to do this. I can't believe music is my career. Like, yeah! that's crazy. Yeah! So the fact that this tour was so different, I mean, on a level beyond what I can even verbalize to you right now, it was that much more fun than anything I've ever gotten to be a part of. That was you guys. That was how much you cared about being at these shows. Yeah, they, uh, they were <laughs> thrilled. By the way, she didn't just show up, take some photos, and then make the speech and leave. She stayed and watched the film. She actually went oh, she not from only cinema to She not cinema. only watched the film, she was standing and singing and dancing while everybody was watching the film as well. She does a very good job of prioritizing her fans and this event was fully on dedicated to all of her fans that are her number one. So she handpicked 2,200 people to go to this event. She handpicked their seats. They got tickets with seat numbers. They were given um, popcorn tins that were super personalized with all of Taylor Swift on it. Um, uh, some cups. They were given unlimited champagne, uh, popcorn, hey, that nachos, woman needs to let her candy. Go, <laughs> go on. Yeah, your chip, and sorry. so they um, they advocate actually for all of the fans who go and see these movies to sing and to dance. It's like a live concert in the venue, and these fans went so nuts for her, and she prioritized them too. Look she at went Adam into. Sandler. She went into each of the theaters, 14 of them, and gave a personalized speech to everyone that was in each of those theaters. Wow. So she's just amazing. honestly amazing. And like you guys said, Adam Sandler was just seen in that clip. You had Mariska Haragate, uh, Maren uh, Morris. Haragate. Uh, you had Julia Garner. And, uh, excuse me. And, uh, and. Beyonce. Yes. That was the big surprise um, that Beyonce showed up uh, for the premiere. Not and only showed up, by the way. They went to dinner. They had sushi dinner beforehand, uh, before, uh, which was uh, they had an early bird special, which so it didn't cost them a lot. I, I got to, you know, I mean, that is 
a perfect symmetry. Like the two biggest tours that everyone has been talking about all year right. uh, that are the biggest money makers um, coming together. The fact that they came together is really cool. And now the telling sign is if Taylor's going to show up to Beyonce's AMC big, huge movie that's coming soon as well. Uh-huh. She, she has planned this whole tour start to now um, with Impeccable. perfection. Yeah. Honestly. Impeccable. I, I, I have never seen a more well-oiled machine mm -hmm. with something really complicated and this successful. I've never seen it in my entire Nary career. Nary a misstep on the entire tour. Hi, this is Ashley from the blog Starcasm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I thought that Beyonce being there was an amazing show of solidarity between these women. Um, the media keeps trying to pit them against each other and Taylor Swift isn't having it. She's full of positivity. I was on the floor for the Ares tour. I still wear my bracelets. Um, <laughs> one of the things that she does is make people feel really included and inclusive. And I think that Beyonce and Taylor were kind of trolling news outlets sort of like this, saying that, you know, there is no beef to squash. Obviously, we're both queens. This is a big deal. And so I just thought it was awesome to see all the celebrities come out. Um, when I went to the concert 10 years ago, I had to bring my little sister because nobody wanted to go with me. And now there's like Adam Sandler <laughs> yeah. and like all these people. Oh, so it's really, it's really okay. tricky. Oh, oh, I, I, I got to ask you a question. Okay. I agree with you. And I think it does show solidarity and all. And they clearly oh, like gosh. But I have a question. She, these are two <laughs> incredible women, incredible performers. Don't you think they both want that spot of being the biggest tour even if they're, and they are clearly friendly and all, but isn't there that kind of ego, which is a healthy ego, to want to be number one? I mean, I think so, but the numbers are always going to speak for themselves. Like, there is always going to be a winner. They don't need to address that directly. I think that would make them look bad. Yeah. Because they're both kind of in that like billionaire status, so it's like they can have a winner to that and not acknowledge it. So I think they do to themselves, but like it's not part of their image to ever. Well, your point is, you know, bring that up. There is a winner, but there definitely is not a loser. There's not a loser. Immediately after the uh, Hamas terrorist attacks last weekend, we saw Kim Kardashian's little sister uh, wade into this, uh, where she. Kylie Jenner posted a I stand with Israel, um, posted, uh, said I stand with Israel. And then took it down an hour later. Right, um, when there, she got um, inundated with people supporting Palestine who were calling her out for putting that, uh, that post up and she took it down. Kim, uh, on the other hand, took a few days and uh, crafted a statement that I think uh, her people would say that they wanted to walk a fine line and wanted to be sensitive to all people involved. So uh, here was part of her statement. She said, brutal terrorism has taken innocent lives and now both Israeli and Palestinian civilians are suffering and paying the greatest price there is. As an Armenian, I am particularly sensitive to these issues because I have been talking about the Armenian genocide for years and now after months of blockade with minimal media coverage and no external support, Armenians are the victims of an ethnic cleansing themselves in Artsakh. No matter whose side you are on, our hearts should always have room for compassion towards innocent victims caught in the crosshairs of warring over power, politics, religion, race, and ethnicity. 
you know, I thought this was a study in, in contrast with what Kylie did, who took a full-throated sort of pro-Israel stance and, and took it down when she got backlash. I thought this was very carefully crafted. I thought she focused on the right people, the victims. And there are victims on both sides of this, but she didn't equivocate on the issue of Hamas, and she was very sort of assertive about them being wrong and them being terrorists. And I thought that's why she was able to thread this needle a little bit better than her sister. You know, she, she mentioned the terrorism at the very beginning mm -hmm. and then was talking about something which is true, which is, look, I mean, and we talked about this this morning, there are two very different things going on. That there is, there has been a long-standing debate mm -hmm. over Palestine and Israel. Debate, and which side, and even well, war. Uh-huh, ab yes. absolutely. And it's, you know, look, there are two sides to this and it's absolutely legitimate to have debate about it and to have action, you know, at a point on what are we gonna do with this? Because there are two sides to it. The issue, the issue we're talking about is there's a whole right. other thing that has nothing to do with that. And that is about terrorism that right. happened on the weekend, which you cannot describe that as anything other than terrorism. terrorism. Uh, they, and, and now we find out they were burning people alive and they were laughing as they were doing it. So the, the debate between you know what, what to do with Palestine and Israel, that is totally separate from going in and beheading babies. I mean, it is just simply... Yes. Different. If we and, can't, and if we can't, draw, if we can't separate that, I don't know what. Like that then we can separate really, nothing. Right. Um, and, and and I have to say, by the way, I also this is part of the um, you know threading the needle here. I thought it was a, a thoughtful way of bringing up the fact that the media and the world largely has ignored what happened, and that's what you're saying. In what Armenia, happened to Armenians in Artsakh um, over the last year and a half have literally been wiped out of that region. Um, and if we ignore that, the point is you can't ignore when these things are happening, that it has to be called out. Um, and I think she's pointing out that that could potentially happen in this region as well, between the, in the Israeli. Well, one of the things I'm learning here is that, you know, at a point, everybody gets called out for everything. I mean, you could call Kim out for saying that she was kind of straddling the fence in this thing. I don't say that, but somebody's going to call her right. out for that. Everybody gets called out for everything these days when you take a stand, but at a point you gotta take a stand. And I just literally got a text from somebody mm -hmm. who's taking a stand, and it doesn't matter what it is, but somebody is taking a stand. And I think enough of worrying about what people are gonna say about you on Twitter, because they're gonna say crappy things about you, whatever you say. So either you silence yourself, or you just gotta say, that's just the world we live in, and you gotta stand up for what you believe. Ricky Waxer from Dallas, Texas. And what I think Kim did is very admirable. And what she did is she educated herself, which is what many celebrities should do before speaking out about these topics. And then she took a stance and also brought awareness to her own cause that she's been speaking about for years. And I think a lot more celebrities and an influencer should take, you know, a page out of her book. Educate yourself, you know, stand up for something. But silence is not an answer. Silence is not an answer. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, to someone else in Kim's family who is dealing with uh, a lot of pain. And uh, Scott Disick says uh, this pain, which is from a car accident, a horrible car accident he had last year. Car flipped. Has changed his lifestyle in a, in a really horrible way. Uh, flipped over his Lamborghini last year. And at the time, it seemed like he just had, remember, we were marveling at the fact that he walked away with just like a cut on his head or something. Turns out he had worse. some yeah. very serious back pain, 
And uh, on last night's episode of The Kardashians, he was going to get some physical rehab. Chloe was driving him, um, and <laughs> he had a conversation with the doctor about how his life has changed. Sex just isn't the same. So, I know we chatted on the phone a little yeah. bit. You're in a car accident. Yeah. Since then, everything has changed in my life. Like, I haven't been able to run around. I've gained weight. What do you do before you hurt your back for fun? Would you, like... Sex. Sex? Like, recreationally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I can't move, so... Right. I'm terrible. So isn't that motivation to, like, fix your back? Get back on the wagon to Yeah. You are actually deteriorating. No before our eyes, and I'm not gonna let this happen. And it's the same Scott Disick who was with Sophia Ritchie, other young models too, so you know that this has kind of bruised his ego too if he can't really impress these uh, these younger chicks that he was hanging with, out with so much. And we've even kind of seen it on social media. Scott Disick, he used to post a lot more. He used to kind of share his life, his house, his cars, and we really haven't seen that from him. I don't understand <laughs> the doctor asking <laughs> recreationally. <laughs> What, did you have sex? What? I'm sorry. What other kind of sex is there to have? Well, maybe just to have a baby. I guess, but I, that's not Scott. This is your takeaway. <laughs> Thought it was an odd question. Howdy, it's Carrington from Houston, Texas, and my advice to Scott is that broke back, still get bent over. If Stephen Hawkins can get a new girlfriend without being able to talk, Scott can still have sex. That is. <laughs> Inspirational. That is very true. I need to think about that. Uh, with surveillance cameras everywhere, we know that we are constantly, wherever you go today, there's some camera that has captured your face. Right. You cannot go anywhere unnoticed these days. What you may not realize is that there is a company that has gathered all of that information, gathered those faces, and with the use of AI... Um, basically... They can create a can, profile of your life. Exactly. Complete a, create a complete profile of your life, including all of your information, uh, your not only your location, your address, your financial information. And all without you having any idea it was done. Yes. And uh, there's an author who has put together uh, a book about the company behind this technology. It is very controversial technology. Uh, the book... It's called Your Face Belongs to Us, A Secretive Startup's Quest to End Privacy as We Know It. And the author, Kashmir Hill, is joining us New York right Times now. reporter? Yes. Uh, Kashmir, welcome to TMZ Live. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm personally thrilled to have you on. This is so fascinating. I'm, you could... I'm thrilled and also a little scared to learn just how widespread this is at this point. Well, it's the world we live in, so could you explain kind of briefly just how this works, how they can assemble this kind of data on billions of people. Yeah, I mean, so essentially they scraped the internet. They went and just collected all the faces that were there. They have 30 billion faces in their database, which is, you know, many more faces than people who exist on the earth. So they have your face many times. And they kind of secretly did this without anyone's consent and started selling it to law enforcement so that law enforcement could have a photo of a kind of unidentified person, run it through their app, and then see every place on the internet where their photo appeared along with a link to where it appeared, letting them learn a lot about a person. How accurate is it is the question, because it is AI, because sometimes they're using images that it's not like just a full-on straight shot of your face, but they're using AI. So how accurate is the AI? Because that becomes the issue, right? 
Yeah, according to Clearview AI, their app is something like 98.6% accurate. Uh, and facial recognition technology has come a long way over the decades. It really can work quite well. Uh, we do know of at least one time where Clearview AI got it wrong and pointed police at a man in Georgia for a crime of stealing purses in Louisiana. He was arrested uh, the day after Thanksgiving, held in jail for a week, waiting extradition to Louisiana for crimes oh in a gosh. state he had never even been to. So it, it can go wrong. Um, but a lot of police officers told me, man, this works so well. Even when somebody's looking away from the camera, they're wearing a hat, they're wearing a glasses, they're wearing a COVID mask, it can still identify them. I have a confession. I'm really old. And I went to law school. What? I went. Knock me over with a feather. <laughs> I went to law school in the 70s. And um, we studied privacy um, in, you know, at, in various courses. And it's been an obsession of mine, uh, just the development of the rights of privacy, privacy kind of slipping away. It's been an obsession of mine for decades. And it has been slipping away um, in, you know, in the last 20 years in a very big way. I guess what I'm wondering is, are we trying to hold on to this elusive notion of privacy when it simply is falling by the wayside and as technology develops, we're just going to have to surrender to it? Technology changes privacy a lot and, you know, it, it could end it. We could live in this horrible kind of dystopian world where everywhere we walk, every store we walk into... Everything we do from buying hemorrhoid cream at the pharmacy to going to get an abortion, everybody around us can know who we are and put a name to our face. Um, and I don't want to live in that world. And we can hold technology back. We just have to choose to do that with policy and laws and social norms. And I think that we could hold facial recognition technology back like we have other technologies, like small listening devices. You know, we have these surveillance cameras all over the United States that are recording us all the time, but only our images and not our conversations because we pass laws that make eavesdropping illegal. So we, we can choose the world we want to live in. We don't have to just let technology and what technology is capable of determine it. I know what you're saying about eavesdropping laws, and it's certainly true, but the technological advances themselves I, I don't think I've ever seen a case where that technology itself has been blocked. Well, think about driving, right? Uh, I assume you have a car here in L.A. Uh, you know, we could live in a world where there were speed cameras on every single road. And anytime you sped. They're coming. They're coming to L.A. They're coming to L.A. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want that world where you get a ticket no, no, as soon as you no, go over the speed we limit? No, we do not. No, and, we, and, and, we've and, held and, this technology back for a very long time. Speed cameras have been around for a while, and most cities have kind of rejected them. They don't want a world where they have to obey the speed limit all the time. And I hear you. By the way, I am not advocating um, losing privacy. I'm almost more surrendering to it that it just that feels inevitable. like that's been happening every year and exponentially as technology advances. I think we can look to China as an example of what will happen if we just kind of let this continue to develop and just accept it. And it is the case in China that 
people are identified in the real world a lot by government authorities. Protesters in Hong Kong, you know, they would get visits from the police the next day because they had been identified. They started actually kind of climbing up poles and painting over the facial recognition cameras to try to protect themselves. Um, China's used it in very kind of authoritarian ways, even using it in cities where they didn't want people wearing uh, pajamas in public. They started uh, identifying them with facial recognition technology and naming and publicly shaming them on social media, you know, using it to automatically give people jaywalking tickets, using it to control how much toilet paper people could get in public restrooms in Beijing because they were dealing with toilet paper thieves. And I, for one, do not want to have to look at a camera to get a few <laughs> squares. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, it could go really wrong. It could be everywhere. And we don't have any anonymity anymore when we're out in public and having sensitive conversations at dinner, or we can push back on it. Well, I got to tell you, we've had two authors on TMZ Live, uh, you being one, um, where uh, you have helped me with my vacation reading in December, because I can't, <laughs> honestly, I can't wait to read your book. It sounds fascinating. And the title, I think it, it strikes a little bit of fear, and, and it also applies to everyone when you say your face belongs to us. Uh, Secret of Startups Quest to End Privacy as We Know It. It is out now. Um, Kashmir, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it, Kashmir. Thank you for having me on. It was a fun conversation. Really right. appreciate it. Wow. <laughs> is something that is, I, I can't wait. Literally, I cannot wait yes, to read that book. Absolutely. Okay, we're taking a break. All right. Uh, when we come back, Kanye West has big plans in Italy and they are not having it. Why he is pissed off Italian war veterans and has a lot to do with his anti-Semitic remarks. Come back to Haunt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Uh, we broke a story a few weeks ago about Kanye West, the fact that he is actually working on a new album, uh, new music that we don't know exactly when it will come out because that is always an elusive thing with Kanye. Nor does he. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but he also, turns out, is uh, trying to put together a big concert in Italy. You know, he's been spending a lot of time over there. For a long time. And this yeah. has been, this is reportedly going to be a, a huge uh event that so he's he building a stage building a big stage thing. well the people of italy in particular italian war veterans are really really upset about this and are already planning saying if it does go through that they will be there to protest um because of the anti-semitic remarks that kanye made last year and specifically the pro-hitler comments he made uh, because these veterans uh some of them actually fought uh, for Italy against Hitler uh, at the end of World War II. And to quote Kanye West, last time we heard him publicly, like you mentioned, was last year when he was, when he was on the Alex Jones show and on Piers Morgan. And to quote Kanye, he said, I like Hitler and we need to stop dissing Nazis. So I don't blame veterans for being upset about this. 
And if these reports are true that he's going to have a, a huge concert with 80,000 people, what a time for Kanye West to come back into the limelight considering that Israel's at war with Palestine. Right yeah, now. no kidding. I mean, you're right about timing there. And I do think that's really interesting because if he's expecting 80,000 people and this issue sort of resurfaces with him, because yeah. it did kind of go away for a while. Yeah. You know, people were more talking about his wife than him. And um, if it does resurface, are they really going to get 80,000 people to come to something like right. this? Right. I mean, you're, uh, Jacob is so right. The, the timing of it is yeah. where, you know, he's, and I think intentionally, has gone through this campaign of not speaking for the most of this year, um, trying to let that, you know, all just uh, people Fall forget about wayside. it. Right. And it's not now. I mean, because now people are talking again about anti-Semitism, which makes them think about the things that Kanye said. Uh, and even though he stayed out of the U.S., um, for so long. It is interesting, I gotta say. Still... I never really thought of Italy as protesting this as much as America. Right. But, um, but they are, apparently. And yeah. this could really impact them. I don't understand, where does he live right now? I, it, he seems like a man without a, without a home, without a country. I mean, he hasn't been here since, uh, what, for very early two months, in this scene. It's mo way more than that. Is it more than two months? Way more than that. It's odd. I mean, he just seems very nomadic right now. Yeah. Hi, this is Bali from Dallas. And definitely one of those things where I don't know if Kanye's playing with the wrong thing. We have a lot going on with the war right now. So I think it's one of those things he should be a little bit more sensitive about. I know he's trying to do the concert because I believe he was kind of already trying to do more in other countries. But still, just making sure he kind of navigates that very um, sensitively because this is a very sensitive time right now. Yeah, there's a sensitive time. And if he is going to return to the spotlight, well, we said this, even though he thinks that maybe he's thinking it could all just blow over, at some point he's going to have to address what he said. But remember, we had a last week in our morning meeting, um, the consensus seemed to be if he comes out with an album and it's really good, it will sell, and this won't have an impact on it. I was surprised at this, but, but he can't. Pretty do, much everybody. In but he can't do if he is going to do that. He can't promote that album without having to address it. Nobody's going to have Kanye West on and talk to him just about music and not address. Does he have to go on? No, and maybe and maybe he doesn't have to promote. Maybe he just right. I mean, that's music. what I'm thinking. Who, who knows? Yeah. Uh, we got to move on. Yes, uh, to Mary Lou Retton, the Olympic hero, who is uh, in quite the battle, battling pneumonia and struggling. She's fighting for her life. Yeah, and fighting for her life. Well, um, when the news of that came out earlier this week, the response was immediate, and I think it shows just how much people remember and love Mary Lou for what she did in the 1984 Olympics. And her daughter, Shayla, is now speaking out about that response because they. Uh, what Shayla came out and said earlier this week is that her mother didn't have health insurance. It was obviously a very expensive um, medical treatment that she was going through in this battle with pneumonia. They wanted $50,000 uh, in a, a, uh, a fundraiser that they posted online. And they got they have more. gone way over that, and Shayla is expressing her thanks. Thank you so much for all the love and support that you've given to my mom. My sisters and I are overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. We didn't even realize that there's so many people out there that love her just as much as we do. And um, it's been a really hard time for our family. And so 
just seeing that people love her like that and showing her that support has just meant the world to us and to her. She's still fighting. Um, it's going to be a day-by-day process, and we hope that um, you guys will respect her boundaries as we want to keep the details between her and our family right now. Yeah, you want to know if Mary Lou is still loved? It's been 40 years almost since she won her five medals. There have uh, been $374,000 raised in this uh, wow. fundraiser. Over uh, nearly 7,000 people so far have given. It's incredible. I, I, I got to say, and I they, remember 84 so vividly. Oh, and, here in LA for and, one. And she just captured everybody's yeah. heart. I mean, when you... Th- for me, when I think about the Olympics and I really think about you know, people who resonate, Mary Lou Retton, Simone Biles, Dorothy Hamill, uh, Bruce Jenner, mm-hmm. but there, there are hundreds and hundreds of names, but only a few that just endure, and she is absolutely one at the oh, top. Yeah, yeah. and I, it's so, I think it's wonderful that her family, I mean, it's horrible that she's going through what she's going through, but to, you don't often have a way that you can quantify the, the love that people have for her. They wanted fifty thousand. They've got three, over seven three. times that yeah. now, which is great. Really, amazing. God, she didn't have health insurance. It's just yeah. Um, ooh. Michael Jenkins live in D.C. and you guys are spot on. If you grew up as a child of the '80s, like I did, nineteen eighty-four was a special year for many reasons. But because of Mary Lou Retton and what was incredible about her performance, people forget she had to have almost a perfect vault to win that all-around gold. Yep. She told her coach Bella Crowley, "I'm going to stick this." And she did, and she yep. was America's golden girl. She was everywhere. On the Wheaties boxes. <laughs> Wheaties box. You didn't have to know gymnastics to know Mary Lou Retton. So let's hope she wins this fight. Can I just uh, yeah. make a slight distinction between you and me? I was not a child of the age. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. He's a working <laughs> adult. I, I, I'm with you. He was a working adult. <laughs> Jeremy Allen White, uh, enjoying some time. Downtime for obviously the actors' uh, strike is still going on, and he was on the beach spending some time with his kids. Um, and this comes on nice, nice day out at the beach. It wasn't all that sunny yesterday, but um, this comes as uh, we got news about a an arrangement in his custody. You know that he got divorced. I th- um, is the divorce still ongoing? I think it might be. I think it's ongoing. Yeah. Right. Um, but he and his ex, Addison, um, came to an arrangement which uh, was revealed in these documents that were filed, these new documents, that Jeremy actually has agreed to alcohol testing several times. Yeah, so he agreed to this alcohol testing when he has custody of the kids, and he actually has to be tested five times a week uh, when when he's with the kids, that five is. Five times a week? Five yeah. times, That's, and I guess the there's like... some stipulation that like he has 15 minutes, if it's like positive, he gets to retest to make sure it's legit. But also another agreement was that uh, he has to go to AA once a week and do counseling, so obviously you don't want to speculate on anything, but I know people were kind of surprised when they, uh, yeah. when she filed for divorce, you'd have to imagine maybe the alcohol issues were part of the reason that they split. Five times a week? Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, okay. Uh, we are changing gears. Yes. And it is because time of the week, everybody. It is your favorite yeah. time of the week. Tim is here with his rejects. All right. So, Harvey, I know you like to play ping pong. Is that correct? I love playing ping pong. Okay. So, what happens if you wanted to play ping pong, but you didn't have a net? You don't have, have a net, net, then it's not really ping pong. Well, it's not really ping pong, but you can get a dog, put the dog in the oh, middle God. of the board, <laughs> and then use 
the dog. But you're hitting, just, the, you're hitting uh, the, the poor dog. dog. <laughs> that was on accident. But I mean, other than that, uh, the dog is just chilling and having fun. Uh, you can still get your that, game. I mean, it's kind not, of hysterical. Yeah. Not, it's not. Fun. Oh, that was net. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. They got, that dog needs to lose a few LBs. Wow. Oh, you got to fat shame the I'm dog. Sorry, the dog's getting hit in the face. God. <laughs> okay, Tim, next. All right, so you know the term work smarter, not harder, right? Yes. Mm. All right, so this now applies to rock climbing. So if you want to get to the top of the rock, you just get a electric okay, scooter. This is not go the up proper the rock application and, uh, of that. And have a lot of fun, and this you don't have to put in the work. You can just glide right up. Uh-huh. Tim? Just yep. glide right up, huh? Glide right up, yep. I have a what question. could go wrong there? Well, here's what here's possibly a, go wrong. So suppose the motor stops and then the weight of that thing makes you cascade uh -huh. down the mountain, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> a little design defect. This yeah. is not yeah. the don't, okay. Don't try that. How about one more? Okay, so you know the jet skis that go out into the ocean to help the surfers either uh, yeah. oh, ride they call them out. Then. They call them out. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the problem is you, you have to take the jet ski out to the ocean over some waves. So these guys are out there making their way out to the uh, surfers there. They hit a big wave. Wow. And both guys oh. fall off. But they do have cool. the life jackets. They do climb on super fast. Oh my there. gosh! But, uh, it is a big wave. You have to get over them. Wow! They uh, they were able to uh, hop back on. So it's you know scary, what? but do you know what? I have never fallen off a jet ski, and I I think those guys jumped off. I think they realized they yeah, yeah they, I think they, they jumped off too. They, they were be... so high in the air. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That was interesting. Wow! Where, where was that, by the way? Ooh. That I do not know. Well, you are I'm just go loaded with information. Portugal. In the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Portugal. I don't know what you want from me. I'm gonna guess it's Portugal. Okay, Tim. Okay. Thank All right, you. See ya. All right. Hmm. Big night for Britney Spears in New York City, someplace we don't see we don't her see very her often. Um, and I guess it's a special occasion, so she ended up having dinner at a very trendy spot, Zero, Zero Bond, Bond. Um, with two huge stars. She ended up hanging with Jay Balvin and Maluma. Yeah, and they had a really good time. Uh, we're told from people uh, that were around there that they were discussing things like a possible collab and stuff, so there are things to look forward to. Obviously, oh, that's Britney's, interesting. Britney's book coming out in a few weeks, and they, uh, they also talk, talked about the memoir. Huh, to collab with them, that would be... That would be... Yeah, that's actually... Very interesting. Huh! I thought this was kind of random, but it could be an interesting crossover uh, for Britney and kind of teases maybe more new music on the way for her. Yeah, that's random. interesting. Did, they, did huh. they plan, did they go together, Brendan? No, or did no. They... So the understanding is that the guys were um, there together sitting at the table and they saw Britney and they called her over and uh, that's when she sat down with them and they struck uh, up a conversation uh, and they took pictures together yeah. and had a fun night. Hello, everyone. I am Ariel Cheese in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And personally, I am about all things Britney. You out in New York, girl, live your life. She stayed in our spotlight for so long being a shell of herself that now it's like she's stepping into who she is. And I'm here for it. I mean, she was our puppet and now she's her own puppet and go for it. New York City, who knows where she'll be next. I mean, the memoir is coming out and I personally am going to make sure I check it out because I believe she's going to give us the good, the bad, and the ugly from her side. And I've got a feeling it's going to be juicy. So you, go ahead on, Brittany. You're going to listen or read it? <laughs> I'm going to read it. Good. That's what I do too. Uh, okay, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hey, what's up, guys? Dave Joint, London, Ontario, Canada. Um, as far as this Beyonce showing up at Taylor Swift movie premiere, greatness recognized greatness. You know, mm -hmm. Taylor probably knew it was happening, but it just wasn't, you know, offered to the media. And I love it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they 
I mean, they went to dinner together. Yeah, they went to dinner so beforehand. An invite to Beyonce, and she accepted. They were there. Game was, recognized game. She was there at six o'clock. Right. A little before six o'clock. Yeah, she got to. So that means they had so they dinner around had like four. Yeah, I mean, is Katsui even open then? I guess you, that's not the point. Really? Do you think? <laughs> oh, would they open for Beyonce and Taylor Swift? Yeah, they'll open whenever they want. That's a good point. One more. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's DJ Change, Tampa, Florida. Hey, I feel bad for my man. Like, when, when you get into an accident and you can't, uh, what they say, perform properly, I think that is the worst thing for a guy, for a man to be able to do. I mean, like, what, what, what else do you have? Like, cooking, walking, but not performing? I am, there we go. I am transfixed the, by... Wait, the plane or the hat? Which is it? It's a DC-3, and I love that airplane. It brings back so many memories. No, not your hat. No, he doesn't care about the no, Buccaneers. No, I don't care about the hat. He doesn't I care, care about, about the Buccaneers. The DC-3. Man, <laughs> that is a plane. Well, as the actor's strike uh, continues, I guess there is a positive. We get to see some of Hollywood's uh, finest <laughs> doing their... Favorite hobbies. Tatum, I don't know Tatum. that you want to characterize that as a positive. Why? Because there are a lot of actors struggling right now. I, I'm just saying, we got this cool footage okay. of, I, of course. Wow, you're gonna make me into the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yes, I know there are people struggling. Channing Tatum, <laughs> in the meantime, is getting back to women. Is that Channing racing Tatum? motorbikes? Oh He's my second god! Second last there. Oh. He's on a, on a black bike. Guy in red's catching up to him though. Oh uh -uh. god, uh -uh. that's dangerous. Uh, not if you know what you're doing. Well. One false move, and, and the moose gets, gets it. it. <laughs> Good for you, Tanning, oh and uh, we hope the strike ends quickly. Yes, uh, we will see you tomorrow.